I know. What are you doing? I don't know. I was thinking how I was going to welcome in all the Silver Pilled family for the week. Yay, we're back. You're back. Oh, you're back. We haven't really gone anywhere. No. <laughs> and we won't. Don't worry. No. No, not unless we get abducted by aliens or... You, you know. better believe I'm coming back to talk about that. <laughs> make sure make sure you get an interview done while you're up <laughs> <Yeah>. there, too. <laughs> oh, well, we had another return guest. I know. Oh, two returning guests in under a year. Look at us go. But this return guest is just one of my absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, these... I've been listening to him since I don't even know since yeah. he was like first on YouTube. Yeah, honestly, he's like, motivated a lot of the way that I look at stuff and think about things. Yeah, but it was great to have him back on, as you probably know now by the title of this episode. Our good buddy Dark Waters paid Silver Pilled another visit, and he was dropping some bombs. <laughs> right, I know he. When you listen to this, you'll literally hear my mind explode in the background as he's talking. <laughs> yeah, he brought up, you know, we, we did a lot of talking on the importance of blood and all of this. Um, we did some talking on cryptids and some strange cryptid stories that he mm -hmm. had. Yeah. And then a little bit of talk on spiritual warfare and the stuff that um, he's had people share with him. And just how real this stuff is so we're all over the place but in true silver pilled fashion it all makes a little bit of sense especially because it was coming from someone else right you're right well <laughs> some of this i don't know he he is very very knowledgeable on pretty much everything and everything he talks about everything he does he is very grounded in his faith and he mm -hmm. knows what's going on yeah yeah so yeah. So make sure you check out Dark Waters on YouTube. Show him silver-pilled love and support. Give his videos five stars, even if you don't really like his content. Just, you know, go show support for him. He's a really great guy. Um, we were blessed to have him back on. So I'll put I think links. Good. It's a thumbs up on YouTube. It's oh, not that's five what stars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Give him thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> Subscribe, leave him words of encouragement, keep him in your prayers. He yes. deals with a lot, just like everyone in this field. So um, I'll leave all the stuff to find him in the show notes. But um, yeah. Check out his webpage, imdarkwaters.com. Okay, I'll put um, that in the show notes too. The way he retells these experiences is just, just epic. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. way he puts, puts together, I really reminds me of those old uh, radio shows we used to watch as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, listen to as a kid. Yeah, that's true. Right next to the stereo because we didn't have TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'd listen to his... It's like that, but for cryptid... Creepy. Uh, ghosts, weird. Or, yeah. And yeah. I think they're even better. Some of them are really, really yeah. good. <laughs> like Locust Man. Oh, my gosh. I still... Don't even want to think about that. That creeps me out. But definitely check him out. Leave comments. Tell him Silver Pilled sent you over there. Yep. Um, Keep him in your prayers, like we said. Just show the guy some support. He's been at this for a long time, and he's a great, great guy. So, and he's very, very, very helpful to smaller, smaller 
podcasts, smaller YouTube mm-hmm. channels who are looking to get into this, talk to him. Um, mm-hmm. He's very helpful, willing to help people out. He helped us out a ton. Yeah, he still um, helps us out. I mean, yeah. So can't say enough good things about him. Yep. Hey, and while you're at giving words of encouragement and uh, five stars or thumbs up, head on over to Silverpilled and do the same for us. Yep. Share us around. Yep. Yep. Share us with your friends and family. And if you have an experience you'd like to share with us on or off the air, you can email us at silverpill at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. But you can also find us on Instagram, Silverpill Podcast. We, I'm going through some of the stories that we're getting sent in, and I'm planning an episode around some of them. So if you want to be a part of that, if you've got something that you just want us to share on the air, please feel free to send it over. We'd love to hear from you. Everybody's experience is meaningful, and mm-hmm. I don't think we'll solve anything or understand or even understand any any of this phenomenon that's going on without people sharing their experiences yeah absolutely so all that being said let's dive into the dark waters uh-huh. hey everyone we're silver pilled podcast i'm harrison and i'm lowell and if you want to share an experience with anything paranormal or unexplained, shoot us an email at silverpilled at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, check us out at Instagram at Silverpilled Podcast. saying is this so like um for example the blood itself is a mystery in the sense that it most people that consider themselves to be christians or um and i speak for christians they don't truly understand the power of blood the mystery behind blood and the significance of blood but those who are occultic and who practice occult practice practices meaning secret practices they clearly understand it so everybody's heard of someone doing a ritual a hoodoo or a voodoo ritual where they cut the chicken and they pour the blood on the altar, right? But they don't understand what that actually is. That's a spirit that that person is appeasing. So the spirit says, okay, um, bring me a goat or bring me a chicken because I like goats and chicken. Uh, bring me uh, some fruit. Bring me a bowl of water. Bring me all this stuff. Put it on the altar. Sacrifice the chicken. Light a fire, right? And bring okay. some dirt. And that person goes to that 
hoodoo practitioner or herbalist, whoever it is, they do this ritual and they include blood and it gives them whatever power or grants whatever wish it is that they want. First of all, it's called spirit appeasement. You're bringing something to the spirit that it wants so it can do something for you in the spirit realm. And it's super duper significant because it lets you know that all things in your life happen in the spirit realm before they happen in the natural realm. That's why I tell people, if you're not praying every day, you, you lacking because everything that you want to encounter, like throughout your normal day, it's going to be devised or it's going to take place in the spirit realm first. And I can prove that. Biblically, I can prove that in conversation, but back to the blood. So blood is very powerful as it pertains to invoking the spirit realm. I'll give you another example. So the altar where the stairway to heaven was, where um, Jacob's ladder, um, when Jacob was in the, when he was in the desert and he fell asleep, woke up and he had, to, had a dream that he was at this ladder that was ascending and descending from heaven. But it was an altar. The altar is a place where sacrifices are made, right? Mm -hmm. So it was an altar. It was his great-grandfather's altar that he stumbled upon by mistake, fell asleep, and he saw things, angels, transporting themselves up and down from heaven on this ladder. But it was an altar. So it means that you know there were sacrifices made at that altar, right? Just like um, when he was a kid, he was supposed to be sacrificed. And instead of him being sacrificed, there was a ram in the bush. And that ram in the bush was sacrificed. So we know that Blood sacrifices is something that had, had its, has been throughout history, has happened, and it's been documented in the Bible. Um, the issue is, why is it so powerful and what makes it so powerful? And I'll tell you what makes it so powerful, and I'll tell you why people exploit it. When God puts together his system of how the world functions, right? So in the beginning, he said, let there be light, right? And he divided the light from the dark. And then he created water, and he created earth. And he created, um, he created sound, all these different things, all these different elements that people use as practitioners have the power of God in them. So earth has his power, light has his power, sound has his power, blood has his power, water has his power. And so what, in, what ends up happening is people harness that power that is inside of those elements that he just naturally put in order. Like this is because I created it. It has its own power. For example, like fire, right? Fire cannot die. And fire is extremely deadly. Fire can be put out, yeah. but it can't die, right? Like there's no, there's not going to be a time period where you say, oh, fire's dead. There'll never be another fire because it has its own life. Water, water is alive. That's why you have people who call water witches because they know water has abundance that they can pull out of that water. They can go to a river and make a deal with the water or the spirits of the water and pull abundance out of it. Um, earth. And I know it sounds like, what was that, The Last Avatar? Remember the cartoon, The Last Avatar? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like, Earth, water. It, it legit is, what they were talking about was the spiritual power that was in every element that God created. And so blood is one of those things that he created. And so there's power in that blood, and there's power in every person's blood. And the reason why blood sacrifices have been made is because it's made to appease the spirit. And whatever spirit you're making that sacrifice to, you're making a deal with it. Ten years ago, or eight years ago, when I was in this field, it wasn't really prevalent that people talked about it. Over time, it's become extremely like popular, and people are researching it and looking into it and trying to figure it out. But it's really, really simple. Blood has power in the spirit realm, period. Hmm. And it's the power to make deals. That's why, you know, freaking ball players and rappers will say, yeah, I signed a contract in blood with the devil. You're damn right they did. 
anybody could have, frankly, if they wanted to. I wouldn't advise it. But, yeah, anybody could do it. So Harrison brought up a point in some of his research. I would like to get your take over it, where he talks about all these um, cattle warehouses and chicken warehouses. Yeah, like getting burned down Mm -hmm. and all the animals getting burned up. Um, talking about how that's like a mass sacrifice or could be a mass sacrifice. I have to say that. I'll tell you what my thoughts on that is. I think that's, I personally believe that's the people who've infiltrated, infiltrated our open borders in America and they are sabotaging or they're trying their best to sabotage the nation that is America by the sabotaging, you know, processing plants and food plants and uh, all those different things. It's just, America's a very hard nation to defeat. They're doing a pretty good job of sabotaging it, but it's a really, really a tough place to be because of all the prosperity. If you're looking for the sacrifices, the true sacrifices, those are going to always be those missing children. Like the movie that just came out just recently, what's the name of the movie? Sound of Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going in that direction. That's where you're going to find those sacrifices. You're going to find them with you know organizations like, uh, I'm not going to say no names, but the organizations that get them across the border that are open satanic organizations that human traffic that are known on record to be satanic organizations. You know what I'm saying? The organization that in order to be a member of these crews, you have to kill somebody. So you're going to see those sacrifices there. You'll see the blood sacrifices with the people who actually purchase those children and use them for whatever nefarious means that they have. And the reason why they want a child's blood is because children represent innocence. They're the closest thing to God you can get is an innocent child. That's the closest thing you can get, an innocent child, a blank slate. Nothing can be yeah. done. I mean, nothing. They've done nothing wrong. That's pure and utter innocence. It's like killing a brand new puppy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, they're not man. the same, so don't, somebody listen to But it, it, imagine the innocence of uh, a newborn baby. They never hurt nobody, lucky to be in this world, completely dependent on someone else for to be sustained. That's the that's what they want to sacrifice, that innocence. And that brings you back to what you were talking about earlier about like um abortion and all the rest of the stuff that's been going on. And when you go back biblically and you look at um what spirit was associated with abortion, it was Baal and Moloch. Those were the two. And it's not necessarily abortion, but it's child sacrifice. It was Moloch really, because they were burning their fire their children to the to the fires of Moloch, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you see for example, when you see America go into a time period where, I mean, it's this contentious, contentious fight over that, what you're seeing is America shaking off that spirit of Moloch that had come into the nation, that had, that hovers over our nation. And that's why you saw such a wicked battle where people is just like, man, that don't make no sense. Like when you read everything, when you saw the compromises that were trying to be made, it was like, yo, we just don't want y'all to whack a baby after the baby's born. But, you know, like in New York, they was like, oh, we have a post-birth abortion. Like, what? The baby's born, right? Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to the logical person because in their mind, they're like, oh, this don't make no sense. But if you look at it from a spiritual perspective and know and understand that it's a true sacrifice, then it will make all the sense in the world. No, no, no. It's a sacrifice. I'm sacrificing this baby to Mola. And the people who want to do it, they do it. And they'll tell you they do it. So... A blood sacrifice is something that's been going on for a very long time. And like I was saying before, the proof that you have that blood is alive and that it speaks is if you go back to Genesis, when Cain killed his brother Abel, Abel's blood spoke up to heaven, to God in heaven and said, you know, I want revenge. 
for the for me being murdered. And so it lets you know that that blood speaks. So blood that spilled speaks. Now let's take it to something like uh, a city like New Orleans, right? City that's super old, been through wars, revolutions, filled with murder, blood all, the streets are soaked with blood in this city. And then people wonder why a city like New Orleans itself has high crime. Because this, it's literally soaked in the blood, in human blood, from the Native Americans to the French, um, to the Germans that were here, to the Italians that came down here, um, to the slave trade that was here. I mean, it's soaked in blood. And so when you find a place like this, that's people, people wonder, well, why is New Orleans such a spiritual place and all this hoodoo and voodoo and voodoo? Because the atmosphere is ripe for it, because there's been so many sacrifices made here. And so when you come here, you, people will find things happening to them that they never experienced happening before. And it's because of what's happened in the past there. So could that blood in the blood in the earth, I think we talk about that a lot, or blood in the ground, could that pertain to pretty much everywhere, even like any area of high strangeness, like Skinwalker Ranch, where we, we hear of these, just these random areas that seem to have nothing going for them. But I've always speculated that maybe something went on there long before we knew about it that opened up a doorway and that hasn't been shut yet. In my opinion is this. If we go on from a biblical biblical perspective and we just know what we use, what we know, right? Mm -hmm. The ladder where Jacob fell asleep and he saw the altar, well, it was an altar where he fell asleep next to. And there was a ladder where things coming in and out of the spirit realm, up and down from heaven, right? We know mm -hmm. that was an altar. So, and we know that sacrifices are generally tied to altars, right? You don't make a sacrifice just in the middle of the street, right? You build an altar, make a sacrifice. Yeah. All right, so let's take the two things we know. Blood, take the blood, the three things we know. Blood is needed for a sacrifice. Sacrifice is made on an altar. And that altar itself is where, quote unquote, portal, portals are open, where things come in and out of the spirit realm. All right, now, if we take those three pieces of the puzzle and we use those as kind of a codex or a key, to figure out what's going on in a location, good or bad, you go to a Skinwalker Ranch and you try to figure out, well, were there any sacrifices here? Was there Native American land? Was there an uh, altar here? And so the point I'm making is those places that tend to be portals are places that typically are altars. They may be an altar to the good side or altar to the bad side, but they are altars. And that's where you find those portals. So based on sacrifices, Anything can be an altar, but it depends on what sacrifice at that altar. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. For I give a perfect example. Like my business is an altar to God, right? The sacrifice that I make is I sacrifice myself and choose to do his will daily. Like there's plenty of things. I don't even want to talk about this stuff no more. I'd rather be going to do real estate and and hanging out with politicians and smoking cigars. But he says, No, I want you to be in this field, and I want you to talk to people. Okay, that's a sacrifice. Because I don't want to do it, right? There's other things that I have to sacrifice as his partner. Like when people get to attacking me, I don't get to say nothing because he's no, don't say nothing. I'm gonna deal with him. You be quiet. That's a sacrifice. And I got to sacrifice my ego. So a person, a business or a location can be an altar, right? And it works both on the good side and the bad side. There's certain people who are in line with Satan and wicked spirits and that spirit will tell them, no, don't do nothing. I'm going to deal with that. And they cannot do anything. All right. Now let's take it to a place that's an altar specifically. For example, you take like Antoine LaVey's house or you take the ax murder house where there was bloodshed 
people lived there, the family was murdered, and there was demonic influence and activity. And then a person decides they're going to go to that place and they're going to investigate. And then they wonder why they experienced demonic activity. Because by the rule of altars, it's been turned into altars. There was a demonic presence there. Blood was shed there. And now it's become an altar to that. And so anybody who moves into that place or that location, it's wanting more blood to be powered up, to be fed. And that's why when people move into haunted houses, especially murder houses, those families fall apart. They have problems and they go through those, that drama because it is an altar. So a city can be an altar. A building can be an altar. A portion of a national park can be an altar. Anything can be that. That's why it's very important to know the history of what um, of what people are dealing with. Like Crowley, right? Alistair Crowley. His house that he had, um, he had a house by a lake or something, right? That he was doing all his sex magic. That whole place was an altar. The whole place. Like the whole building was his altar to Satan. And people would talk about seeing the shadows and this and that. That whole place is an altar. And what powers that altar is sacrifice. Sometimes it's blood. Sometimes it's other stuff. Sometimes it's fasting. There's, there's people who, you know, like, in a, in, if I'm not mistaken, in, on the satanic side of things, they fast for 21 days. That's their sacrifice. So do you think with all of this, is there something to do with the blood type? I've heard where people talk about, you know, like, RH positive and uh, O negative blood types and rare blood types. Um, and a lot of that goes back to kind of the elites and their blood types. And then uh, the other branch of it branches off into, and that's kind of that's kind of complicated. But let's go back to you know in, in the Bible where it talks about fallen angels sleeping with the daughters of of men. Right? Everybody quotes this. You know, it's like, and there was giant in the, giants in those days. And they talk about the Nephilim and the giants. Then what they miss is, and I really wish I had my Bible in a call with me. I don't because I have this outlined in my Bible. What they miss is this, this small section. It talks about the giants. And then it talks about the children, right? So they talk about giants and then they talk about children. And the giants are abominations, right? Mm-hmm. But the children mm-hmm. look like they're human. But they're not human because they don't have human blood. So if you really want to just dig into blood types and what's going on, you really have to come to the understanding that there are people that look like us that are that look human that just aren't human at all. They're not human. I mean, scripturally, and let me see if I can find it and read it to you, but they're not human. All right, so then you go from that, and if you understand that part of having people who are non-humans, you know, like what people talk about, like reptilians and like the girl that was on the plane, it's like, I don't give a F. That mother of black dad is not human. I didn't think it was funny because I'm like, Shorty tripped out and she probably did see somebody that wasn't a human. And then when you saw him and he finally came out and did his video with all his tattoos and all his other stuff, he looked like he looked like you would expect one of the low level, one of those things to look like to be showing it all, like to be like flashy with it, like to be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to put my tattoos on my face. I'm going to do all this other shit. I'm going to show you what I am. Now, the higher level ones don't do that. They, they know better. So you talk about blood, you talk about it from that perspective, right? You know, those bloodlines. Then the other aspect of blood is because blood is alive and your blood is living. And like I was saying prior to this, our blood uh, is much older than us. Just like the water that we drink is much older than us. Just like the air that we breathe is much older than us and the earth that we walk on. Everything pretty much around us is older than us. Even a vehicle that you drive, 
They may be like, oh, you got a brand new car. No, bro, the components of that vehicle are way older than you, right? Because they come from the earth that's been around a hell of a lot longer. We know that our blood spans generations. And over that time period, kind of think of our blood, human blood, as absorbing the traumas, absorbing the mistakes and the sins of what men have done. And also, also absorbing the righteousness that people have as well over time periods. And what people run into is, based on their bloodline, based on what their parents did and their grandparents did, they find themselves in these systems associated with their blood. So for example, if you were, if you come from a family of adulterers and murderers, then yeah, bro, when you start committing adultery and murdering people, that's what's in your blood. And it's legit what's in your blood. Um, if you come from a family of thieves and you start thieving, that's what's literally absorbed in your blood. And people will argue that point and be like, well, you don't think you know, a person can break the patterns of their past. Yes, they can. And that's a great thing when they do. But people have a natural propensity to go back in that direction. And it's psychologically enforced based on what they see. So if your dad was committing this adultery, as an example, if your grandfather was committing adultery and his son saw him doing it, he thought it was fine. And then your dad saw his dad doing it and you saw your dad doing it. It's something that's commonplace. And now it becomes a part of that bloodline. That's just what we do. Just like here in New Orleans, they got families down here that are old Native American families. They black as me, but they Indians. And all they do is murder people. That's what they do. They've been doing it. And they'll sit there and you'll sit there and smoke a cigar with them. Man, we've been killing people for 100 years. That's just what my, that's what my family do. We murder people. We get paid to murder people. And that's what it is. So you have that. That, that absorption of what your bloodline does. People call it bloodline curses. They call it all these different things. But your blood is, it absorbs those sins and it holds those sins and it passes those sins on. And it passes on all those all that icky, nasty stuff that you do. Just like when that blood is cleaned and it's, and it's removed of all sin. That's when people get a new start. And that's when their lives turn around. That's when things get better. So that sounds exactly like a, like a generational curse like you said it's called a bunch of different things it, is that why the sacrifice of jesus was so important and made it a finalized thing was because his blood sacrifice was the only thing that could wipe away all generations and generations of this sin and and this curse absolutely that's why the bible says that he was a propitiation not only for our sins but the sins of the entire world and that's why this is where, and I'm, I'm going to shoot straight with you guys. This is where being in this field and seeing people who, who don't truly understand what blood means is extremely frustrating. Because I have people that say, well, Jesus Christ wasn't well. Jesus is this, that, that, that. He was seizure boys. And I'm just like, bro, I'm not going to argue with you because I'm not going to debate my faith. I'll follow my faith and pray to God. You follow your faith and pray to whoever you pray to. And we put our lives on the line. Whichever one of us get up, we get up. That's how much I believe. You know what I'm saying? I, I lay my life down. I know. But if you understand blood and you truly understand blood, like an occultist does, like a Satanist does, then you truly understand the power of Jesus Christ's blood sacrifice. And you understand the actual power in the spirit realm, because it says he got up with all power and the keys to the grave and death in the grave. So he got up with all power and he was exalted above all things. And this is the craziest part about it. If you understand what it means, Go back to what I was talking about originally. There was power in the earth itself and soil. 
There's power in fire. There's power in water. There's power in light. There's power in sound. All of those things were individually created by God. So they all have their own power. But he's got more power than all those things. That's why when you say people say, when I, when I say in the name of Jesus, and I understand that in that name is all power, I don't have to go to a river of water to try and get abundance from water. I don't have to go to fire to get it to consume my enemies and burn them. See what I'm saying? I just go to Jesus. Jesus, listen, I'm over here playing, and they're playing games. Or, look, I got this problem with this. I ain't going to where I needed to go. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to fix it. I'm going to need you to intercede and help me, you know what I'm saying, get this together because I suck. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm doing. And I actually see your name and wham. But you have to have the understanding of it in order for it to truly flourish throughout your life and in your life. And most people just don't have the understanding. Unfortunately, there's other people who have an understanding greater than the average person who says they believe in Christ or believe in God. They don't truly understand the power of the spirit room. But yes, that, a long story short, yes, that's why his blood sacrifice is so powerful and was so powerful because it all boils down to blood. And once you understand that everything boils down to blood, it don't matter what blood type the person has that experiences the paranormal activity. It matters what blood you're covered in. And I can confidently say that because I pray for people all the time that have all kind of wicked, crazy stuff happening to them. And they'd be like, D.W., you know, I need help and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I lay down at night and I feel like something's like having sex with me or something pulls my legs or I see red eyes in the corner. And I will go through the process of talking about what they believe, who they believe. And oftentimes it goes through some contentious conversations because people have firm grips on the beliefs that they have. Like, oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Or I don't believe Jesus was God. Or I don't believe in God at all. You know, I just believe every human being is here to, to, to live their own destiny. I'll tell people straight up, listen, I'm not here to judge your beliefs whatsoever. You ask me for help, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to tell you what you need to do, but it's going to be your decision to do it. Now, I'm, and I'll tell them, now, after I explain this to you, I want you to understand something. It's going to get worse, because now you're going to be forced to make a choice. I said, so don't expect me explaining this to you and you're not taking the next step for it to get better. After I explain to you what it is, it's going to pop off. Well, why would it do that? Because now you have the knowledge and you have enough knowledge to make a choice. Prior, you didn't have enough knowledge to make the choice. So you just kind of walking around, buck naked, fighting orcs and elves, not knowing what you're doing. Now you got a little bit of armor on and you got a little bit of a sword in your hand and they're like, oh, you got a sword. We're going to kill you now. And sure enough, a couple of days later, man, it's gotten worse. What's going on? I told you that's what was going to happen. That's what happens to all of us. So um, yeah, his blood sacrifice is extremely important. And you know it's important, guys, because when you look all over the world, who's mocked on every rap video? Who's mocked at every opportunity? Muhammad's not mocked. Part of that's because they bought that axe and they'll bust your head over Muhammad. But also, Buddha's not mocked. Who's mocked? Who's, whose cross is hung upside down on stages everywhere? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not, you're not mocking yeah. Jesus for no reason. If he wasn't a problem, you would just ignore him, right? So with all of this, DW, I listened to one of your videos and it had my gears turning. And I wanted, since we're on the subject, I wanted to bring it up. You spoke about that that video. Well, I guess it was pictures from that trail cam of the like seemingly witches 
eating the carcass of like a deer and you were talking about death eaters i'd never heard of that before either i heard about death eaters from the same guys that uh shared all the their adventures about hunting bigfoot and mermaids and all the rest of that death eaters are nothing more than people who want to go through the process of being skinwalkers this is a fancy name for people who want to go through the process of being a skinwalker by consuming dead humans dead flesh and dead objects what they're doing is they're trying to corrupt their body and corrupt their soul so much and move themselves so far away from God and what he wanted them to be and so far away from the light that they can completely come into agreement with that which is dark. In the process of doing that, you have to do a lot of vile things, like a lot of nasty things. But it's a complete, it's, a, it's trying to completely separate yourself from God. And so you do everything that he will tell you not to do. And you do it with joy and glee. And so that's what people do. They eat dead carcasses. They eat dead people. And we're not just talking about like the standard cannibals who've been living in the woods, right? Like some jungle island cannibals that was like, ah, we don't know who you are. We're going to kill you and eat you. Because they don't know no better. They're like, okay, you're kind of fat. We're going to eat you. We hungry. We talk about people who intentionally do it. Example, everybody knows about the island that, that you know, one of the islands where all the stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. And everybody's seen the footage of those videos where there were people sitting at a table and they were eating and feasting at a table. Yeah. Nobody really says, well, why would a person, why do they do that? Why do they, why do they, they, they stop at, oh my God, they're eating people. Why do they eat the people? What's the process behind it? Why would you want to do something like that? Because you want to completely separate yourself from God. Because it's two different teams and I play for other teams. So I'm not doing nothing that you want me to do. Nothing. Not doing everything I'm doing is the exact opposite of what you want done. And you see it all over the place. That's why you see those celebrities with like a Beyonce. I never forget, I might have told you guys a story. My sister took her daughter or my niece to a Beyonce concert here in New Orleans a couple of years ago. The concert starts, they enjoying it. Halfway through the concert, Beyonce got upside down crosses on the stage. She calls me. She said, uh is this Beyonce some kind of witch or Satanist? I said, yeah. She's like, oh, hell no. We get the f*** out of here right now. Click. And she called me from the car. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 she is. She's like, this is crazy. So yeah. And then I asked her what happened. She's like, no, she had upside down black crosses and white crosses and all oh, that's demonic. I'm not doing none of that. Stop listening to Beyonce immediately. Or you take uh, Lil Uzi Vert, the guy who's running around with purses and dressing like a woman and did a concert where he said all his people were going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why all those people are all together in a little group and they all do the same thing. Because they want to separate themselves from God. And they're going to do the inversion of it. And that's how you know something is truly demonic. Like, and a person is truly under a demonic influence. Like, they're going to do the opposite of what makes sense and what's right. But you're going to see that they can, they're intentionally doing the opposite. Like, okay, it makes more sense for you to do ABC because you'll make some money. They're going to do Z, K, Z, B, some stuff that just don't make no sense at all. And you're sitting there looking like, yo, why you did that? That's dumb because they're under the influence of a demon. They're not going to do what's right. And so I'm rambling, but yes, that's that's why they eat people because they want to separate themselves and cut themselves off from God. It makes me wonder if that's why it talks throughout the Bible of not eating sacrificial foods. I have a Jewish friend named Ro, me and him had a conversation about that. And he was talking about, yeah, you know, 
he's an Orthodox Jew. And like my man don't eat nothing. We basically he only if it ain't kosher, he ain't eating. And we were just talking. He's like, well, man, the Bible says, or the Tamu says this, 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 this. I don't eat this. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly why, bro. So I wonder if it, it seems like there's a bigger push for this stuff in our entertainment. We're seeing it on the news. Like this stuff is getting mainstream attention now. Is is it ramping up? Do you think that? Are they trying to like give a soft disclosure? Are they just are they trying to lead more people astray by showing it to us? I don't understand why all of a sudden, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we could have been having the same conversation and everyone would have said that we're crazy. We wear our tinfoil hats and people still say that, but it seems so mainstream now. They're putting up idols, you know, to a Baphomet in public. They're worshiping Lucifer on stage. They're, you know, they're even the liquid death. I bring that up a lot in the show. They're openly admitting that they hire witches to put demons in their drinking water that they sell, you know, in the marketplace. Do you think that, you know, is this an end of times thing? I mean, I know it's got to get worse before it can get better, but it just seems really weird the push in the past. I don't know, five years, maybe less, that it's become so popular. Well, you're being presented with a choice. And that's what everybody's being presented with. Everybody, God is gracious and loving. And you're getting to see, like the scales are coming off. You're getting to see what's what's good and what's bad, what's righteous and what's evil. You get to see it. And you get to make a choice. And that's what's going on. And the secondary thing of what you see in the push all over the world. So, for example, uh, let's take Bill Gates, right? Bill Gates comes out and he says that they're going to be cloning meat, right, and making meat. And then there's these other people that are saying you can clone a humans like a celebrity and eat the meat that's from the celebrity, right? So now you try to make it commonplace for us to eat strange flesh. You know what I'm saying? To eat strange yeah. meat, to eat sacrificial meat, to eat humans and things that are non-human that we're not supposed to eat. So when we go through that process of eating these vile things, um, which they're making commonplace, what does that do to us and our souls? So it's the process of separating us from God. And you know, and it's, it's, you look at the nation as a whole, you take a nation like America right now, which is under wokeism, with all this other crazy stuff in the military, and you take a, a, a country like Russia, like chewing on, they're chewing on nails, and spitting fire, ready to kick your butt, because they still are. They still have God in their country. They still have God in their, in their schools, in their churches. We we turned our backs on God, so in a, in a lot of ways. And when I say we, we the citizens have to take responsibility, because we allowed our politicians to be corrupted to do it. The politicians just ran with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we go. Oh, you want to give me twenty million dollars to put a, a Baphomet statue up? Sure, let's put it up. Oh, you're gonna give me money to uh to to pass um post birth abortion? Sure, give me that campaign money. We're gonna make that happen. And so we allowed it as citizens of the country, um, because we just want to be nice. We want to be sweet. And the people who are doing these things, they're not nice people, man. They're not nice people at all. And the beauty of it is, it's getting to the point where it's hit the wall. And you're starting to see the resistance of it all. For a second there, it was very scary. Because I'm like, okay, who's going to start speaking up? Who's going to open their mouth? Who's going to say something? 
And then all of a sudden, they're pushing all this stuff, and it's like it hit a brick wall. Wham! Uh-uh. We're not doing this no more. And then people start speaking up, whether it be a Mel Gibson, um, whether it be Alex Jones been doing it forever. Like, he he's the, the front runner. Whether it be a Tucker Carlson, they finally started opening their mouths, and now it's gotten to the point to where you have to make a choice because it's blatantly satanic and it's blatantly evil. And that's where we are. People call it the fourth turning. Um, people call it the end of a great nation. Unfortunately, in the case of our nation, uh, the United States, this was done intentionally. It's not over. It's just a matter of men. And it really boils down to men. If men going to be men. And that's just that. If men going to be men, we'll be all right. If men going to sit back and let people just do crazy stuff, a small minority of people just do insane, crazy things to drive us straight to hell, then we're going to hell in the handbasket. But it boils down to men being men. And what I'm seeing, hey, oh, buddy, there's a lot of men that's not taking it. Hmm. There are a lot of people that's up across racial barriers. They're like, uh-uh, this is some bull. Straight up BS. And they they ready to rock and roll. It's good to hear encouraging things like that when it's it's hard to turn it off sometimes. It's it's constantly in your face that this negativity, this division, it just, you know, so hearing uplifting thing in the times that we live and hopefully encouraging people to take a stand. I think Lowell and I have said that before that, you know, you it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to choose. And, you you know, if you can't get your mind ready for that now, then I worry about the people that when it when the choice does come down to it, what they will choose. If they're not ready now, if they're not mentally prepared now, you know, then it's easier to fall for the enemy's tactics. Well, think about it. We just had a, a recent bellwether, right? Sound of Freedom, a movie about child trafficking. I think he only went, he didn't go into the sacrifice. He's like, I don't think people are ready for the sacrifice. He hit the trafficking. Versus Indiana Jones. It blew it out the water. So what it tells you is that the soil is fertile for people and people have an understanding that something is wrong and something's seriously wrong. And it shows you, like, those numbers show you that, whoa, okay, people are waking up and seeing what's going on and they understand what's going on. But the truth of the matter is, it's guys like us that are a part of a, frankly, there's no other way to say it, but an information war that open the minds and hearts of other people. So the words that we say, the points that we get across are designed, they're like arrows that are flying through the air to hit people, to wake them up, to make them think differently, to make them think about God, to think about their family, to think about the future, to shake them out of just sitting there watching a football game or watching a basketball game or watching Netflix to say, hey, hold on, man. You know, they got some stuff they're teaching my kid in the school that I don't think my kid needs to learn. But you, you don't see that unless you turn off the football game or you get off the PlayStation or you start watching a basketball game. You only see that when you're sitting at the table with your kid doing the homework. You're like, hold on, kid, what's this book? And so then once they wake up, now it's time for them to go and say, listen, school board, I don't know what's going on with y'all, but we're not having this. And that's what you're starting to see happen. But it's people like us who shoot those arrows in the air and they land where they're supposed to land. That's the one thing I learned. God tells me, son, go shoot an arrow. Do an interview. Talk about this. Boom, 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 boom. All right, I talk about it, bro. I go somewhere, I smoke my cigar and sit down. Because I know those arrows are going to hit the right person that's supposed to be hit. The, many, the more arrows I can shoot out there, the better off it is for humanity, the better off it is for me and my family and my sons and your family. 
And so we have a very, very important task in front of us of opening and waking people up and getting them to see the truth. That's like, uh, I give you guys a perfect example. Like there's this fetish, this fascination with dog, man. Like to the point to where I just started telling people what it is. I'm like, yo, dude, you're a part of religion. That's a religion and you're in a cult. Well, what do you mean? Okay, uh, there are certain people who speak on the behalf of quote unquote dog, man. They're, they're supposed to be authority, right? There's people who are fervent and vehemently disagree with you on a topic. Um, there's people who actually will fight you over the topic. And I'm like, it's a religion. That's why people get so upset about it. And I, I'm telling people not. Yeah, I'll tell you a story, but I'm only going to tell you a real story. I'm not going to be the guy who makes up a story just to participate in your little religion. I don't, I don't care. I'm like, if you give me a real story, I'm going to tell it. If not, well, oh, well. But you'll see it being perpetuated everywhere now because now it's formed its own kind of cult religion. Bigfoot has always been that way. You look at Bigfoot, it's always been that way. And so people even find themselves, by the way, the spirit behind that is Anubis, behind Dogman is Anubis. Uh, but people have always found themselves in these little small kind of religious cults and sects that they don't even realize that they're a part of. Where they're given that, the worship is given something an inordinate amount of attention, right? That's what worship is. You're giving all this attention to dog man. You're giving all this attention to Bigfoot. That's your God. Just like a person like me, like I was. Man, at one point in my life, all I cared about was money. And I was a savage, wicked man going after money. Money was my God, period. I would never lie to you. That was my God, was money. And so I see it in people because I see the behavior patterns that me and my friends had, but it's the same behavioral pattern. You know what I'm saying? The exact same behavioral pattern. You just plugged in dog man, plug in Bigfoot. Um, in some people's cases, plug in a Hellcat car so they can speed and race up and down the highway. It's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. It boils down to, it all boils down to who you and what your God is and how you're going to, how your representation affects the lives of people around you and what you lead those people to around you or the people who listen to you, or the people who follow you. And this is the crazy thing. We're all in the world now where everybody has followers. So each and every person is ministering to people in one way, shape, or form, whether they believe it or not, or whether they know it or not, right? Because everybody's got social media. Everybody's got followers. So there's all these little priests running around leading people in the direction they want to lead them in, or the direction they're compelled to lead them into. But people don't see it that way, but that, that's what you are. You got TikTok. I, I got TikTok, and I got a 1,000 followers, okay? That's a thousand souls and a thousand people that's learning from you. So what you talking to them about? You know what I'm saying? What, what you what, what you talking about? You on that? You, you find women talking about how bad men are. You talk, you find men talking about how bad women are. You find everything, right? I've never even thought of it like that. It's like, like attention is currency. Attention is the new currency, and it's the new addiction, the new drug, and it makes a person a priest, and some make some people kings. Like a Mr. Beast is truly a king of attention. Think about it. That's a good point. What happens when Mr. Beast homie goes on his show and Mr. Beast homeboy flip flops and now he owns some weird stuff? Yeah, how many you people that You get effect? two or 20 million views. There you go, homie. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's why they say, or the Bible says that, you know, the power of life and death are in the tongue, you know. And, and that, bro, I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. It's, it's people like overcomplicate the whole thing, but that's just what it is. It's not that complicated at all. That's really everybody's got a responsibility now. Yeah, that's pretty profound, actually. That kind of makes 
makes you rethink, you know, everything that you do, you know, it puts you, it kind of makes your position a little bit more important. And I think that's where God has been leading you and I, Lowell, I've been feeling is just kind of more of a maturity in all of this, you know, and especially dealing with, with people that, that come in and share their personal lives with us. How are we affecting even the listeners and the, the supporters with what we say? And you just, you gotta be careful, you know, at the risk of saying one thing that one person doesn't agree with can affect, you know, our ratings, what, what we could say could affect someone's life. No pressure. And bro, no it's pressure. more important than it's way more important than a rating, too, because that's a part of that's a part of what gets you in a trap. It's more important what you say that brings people into the right position in the right place than offending people. Because there are some things that you're gonna say that's gonna offend people, they need to be offended. I mean, quite frankly, there's some people that absolutely need to be offended. Some people offense is the only thing that breaks the spell that they're in. That's why that's why censorship is so important nowadays. Because think about it. If you're in a set mind state that you've been in for 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. How do you break that? Mind control, mind control wise, the way they break somebody out of a pattern, it's called a pattern interrupt. And it's most times the pattern interrupt is completely destroying the pre-existing context of what a person knows and believes. I'll give you a perfect example, perfect example. A person who doesn't believe in Bigfoot, doesn't believe in Dogman, doesn't believe in ghosts, doesn't believe in anything supernatural. The minute they have a supernatural encounter, that is a complete disrupting of, ever, of their whole entire belief system. And so now they, it's forcing them to see life differently. It forces them to see the world differently. What happens with words is that if you find yourself in a place to where everywhere around you, um, people are constantly speaking against your existing belief pattern, or thought pattern, it does the same thing as like a hammer that just bludgeons your brain until you open your eyes and see things differently. That's why they have to censor people because it's everywhere. Like anywhere you go outside of mainstream news, the truth is there. And you can't, it's so big, it's so bold, it's so bright, that light, that you can't hide the light under a bushel. The only thing you can do is just try and cut off the light at the source. So that's why they have to censor people. They have to censor because a person after 30 days of getting, I mean, real hardcore truth, oh, they've broken out of that pattern for the rest of their life. I mean, just like you take COVID, for example. You saw people waking up to COVID over time. There's still a few people that's like, yeah, I'm going to die. But you saw you saw people come out and tell you put on a mask. You saw them tell you stay home. Then you saw them tell you need one shot, then two shots, then three shots. Then it got to the point to where, and I speak for the black community, I started talking to people, and they would say stuff like, man, I'm not getting no more of those shots. I already had one. That don't make no sense. They're telling me I need three and four. I'm not doing that. That's them waking up. Then it gets to the point where it's like, man, I'm not taking none of that. They're trying to kill me. And boom, they woke. They understand. And I don't mean woke like social justice woke. I mean like woke like my eyes are open to what you're doing. You're trying to whack me out here in these streets. And that's how it works. That's why the censorship it's so important. That's why controlling narratives is so important because just they know how the human mind works. And that goes back to your point about keeping that that derelict, foul, vile, nasty behavior in front of people's faces to reinforce it. You know what I'm saying? So 
you take a 14 a, a year old boy and a 14 year old girl and you reinforce them with this behavioral patterns of being uh, sexually uh, immoral and and foul-mouthed and nasty and, and thieves and everything around them is in this bubble where they're seeing this that just reinforces that behavioral pattern for them. So that's how they turn out. It's like an incubator. So your, your mother gives birth to you and then social media starts to incubate you in a direction that, you know, people want you to go. That's why, again, we are so important. Sorry, I've never thought of it like that. It's kind of blowing my mind right now. Starting out a, a, a podcast just to talk about weird stuff, but seeing what you're saying is really um, hitting home, I guess. Bro, if you're on Team Jesus, this is what he do you. If you're on God team, I'll tell you my, this has been my personal experience. If you're on God's side, he says, okay, go ahead and go talk about your little strange weirdness. Then you get to a point where it's like, man, there's got to be more to this than just what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. This don't make no sense. Then he says, okay, you want to hear the truth? He go the truth. Wham. Man, that can't be true. God, you tripping. Oh, I'm tripping? He go more truth. Wham, take it. Then you get to the point where it's like, oh, okay, so this is this is the truth. This is the lie. What am I going to do? And then you get a choice. Are you going to speak the truth and, and be like, whatever? You ain't got to kill yourself in the process of it. You got to be smart innocent as a dove and clever as a serpent but are you gonna speak it or not and he you know it's the holy spirit that re reveals all truth on the man you're gonna you're gonna get pushed to tell people the truth and you're gonna get rewarded for telling people the truth i didn't go from like fifty thousand subscribers to 150 by you know just by accident that's a part of my reward for telling people the truth yeah it's like the next push that i know is coming is a part of my reward we always get our minds blown with dark waters, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go too left field, DW, but I have to ask you before we let you go tonight about locust men or cicada men. I forget what you called it, bro. That, that's crazy. So I had never heard of. I believe it a hundred percent. That's why I, I produced the story, but I had never heard of a cicada man. Now I know that there's things that are in those woods that people encounter that everybody like dog man is the scariest thing no bro there's all kind of wicked stuff out there that people told me about but to think that there's a cicada when cicada man is a cicada the size of a human being but has humanoid legs like man legs the humanoid legs and this hunter ran into him and he was in his exact words this is what he told me james this thing is so fast it reminded me of like the Superman cartoons where they were trying to shoot a bullet at Superman and he would move to the left and then he would move back in front of where the bullet was before, like where the barrel was. That's how fast he was. And oh. he's like, there's nothing I could do. So I just ran. But that's, oh. I mean, bro, I'll say this. There's something weird going on. I'll, I can, I will publicly say this and I want everybody to understand something weird is going on where there's a lot of crazy stuff that's starting to come out. That's coming out of the woodwork. I mean, like, crazy stuff. Stuff that I never even thought could exist. Like, one guy shared a story with me about this being that came up out of the concrete. Like, they was, you know how you pour fresh concrete out on? Like, fresh white concrete roadway? He's walking up a fresh roadway. And it came up out of the concrete. Like, it climbed up out of the concrete. And it was, oh like, my. clear. You know how people describe Glimmerman? 
like that kind of glimmerish, transparent, like yeah. look. But as it was coming up through the concrete, it was taking the color of the concrete. But as it got out of the concrete, it went back to being clear again. And it stood there, it was eight feet tall, it looked at him and turned and walked into the woods. So I don't know what's going on in the between the wicked, weird strangeness that's popping off in these streets. It's something going on. Something done opened up somewhere. Um, somebody done bust a move and sacrificed a whole bunch of blood to let a whole bunch of things onto this planet. Or into this dimension is probably the best thing to say. And I don't know where they did it, why they did it. Well, I know why they did it, because they're evil. But I don't know where they did it. But there's some wicked, weird stuff going on, man. I mean, really, really weird stuff. Have you had any more stories about uh, this like tri- triangle-headed creature? I know you talked about that a while ago. Nothing that um, nothing that I want to talk about right now. I got one that okay. I want to re-verify some more parts of it. I find myself... I'm in a peculiar situation when it comes to story sharing because I've set my standards so high that I, I, and I people know that when they hear it from me, it's vetted and it's 100% true, that if I find one portion of a story that just don't make sense, I put it on the table and I table it and I wait months, then I call the person back and I start all over just to verify and make sure. And we hit a spot with this latest triangle head story where we're at that point where I need to make sure this guy's not lying to me. And I'll be comfortable when I understand what seems to be omitted. Like, you know, people can lie by telling you a lie. They can tell you it can be a lie by omission as well. They can lie just by not telling you. And this just seems like an omission that just don't make no sense to me. It's like, and I hope you hear me talking about it because it just don't add up. Like, why wouldn't you just, and you're not about to get me out here telling no lie. So I can tell you all a story that'll freak you out. And this is a battle of altars. So in this little small town in Oklahoma, there was this family that lived across the street from what turned out to be one of the oldest houses in that town. Um, A section of that house itself is over 200 years old. They built an addition onto the house. And so over time, people have been moving in and out. Well, one of the homeowners starts to see these shadows moving in the windows. And they're under the impression that the house is abandoned because there's never a truck out there, a car out there, anything like that. But they see these shadows moving in the window. And then a couple of days later, they start seeing these glowing red eyes outside in the backyard. Like 11 feet in the air, glowing red eyes, two sets. Then the glowing red eyes move inside the house. All this is activity that, like, imagine your, you know, your neighbor across the street has their blinds open and you see all this through the open blinds. Right, you see glowing red eyes looking at you through the blinds. Well, time passes, and turns out a guy lives there. Guy comes across the street, starts to talk, and he's a shaman, a real like Native American shaman, younger version of his from a bloodline of shamans. And so, because the neighbors were dealing with seeing it, they were praying against it, praying to God against it. So the shaman comes over, they have a conversation, and he starts to drink like drinking, throwing back alcohol, like, you know, little airplane bottles of alcohol, just throwing them back, one, two, three, four, by just drinking them, drinking them, drinking them. And I don't know if you guys ever have heard of a person or talked to a person or been around a person that lets a spirit into them. Like, there's certain conditions that spirits want in order to be in you. Like, some spirits want you to be drunk. They they want you to drink. They want you to smoke. They want you to do certain things, right? That goes back to the spirit appeasement I was telling you about. So he gets drunk. 
And then the spirit comes into them. And the spirit starts laughing and talking. And, you know, like in the movies, they make it seem like it's this kind of demonic laughter. Like it's, <laughs> no, it's this high-pitched, <laughs> that's how they laugh right it's like a clown mm-hmm. and that's where the whole concept of a clown comes from is from demons right you talk to people who went and used dmt and they saw clockwork elves and then they got the certain round where they saw clowns well they're in the house together this guy's doing all this laughing and the spirit is trying to prophesy over the family where you're going to run into my friend azazel you're going to run into uh, Leviathan. Prophesying, like, you know, a prophecy is telling you something that should be. And the other person is there prophesying back. No, I won't, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and I rebuke everything you say. So they have this conversation, go separate ways. A couple of days later, that shaman is outside in the front lawn, sitting on a blanket. Stays out there from day to night. That night, it starts storming. I'm talking about lightning striking, thunder rumbling storm. He stays out there the whole night to the next morning. Don't go to sleep, sitting in one spot. They go over and talk to him the next day and say, well, you know, why were you outside all night? He said, because the spirits won't let me inside. I said, what you mean they won't let, him in, won't let you inside? He shows these scratches on his arms, the scratches on his legs. He says, they're upset with me for coming into your household. And that guy moved out of that house about a week later and so on. And then a a Christian family moved into the house. So now those entities that were in that house are outside in the garage in the very corner of the house. And that's real deal spiritual warfare type stuff. And that's leaving a lot out. But, bro, when I tell you it's some wild stuff that goes down up in these streets, wild, wild things. And those people saw angels in the street, like legit. Shield angels walking down the street. I don't know if you I don't know if you ever heard of a shield angel, but it's twelve, thirteen foot tall angel with a shield and a sword, and walking up and down the street. They've seen them. Matter of fact, other people in the neighborhood have seen them walking up and down the street. Well, DW, you never like I, disappoint. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would love to just do an interview where, bro, I saw all we talked about was those spiritual like warfare things. Bro, I can tell you some things that will blow your, I'm talking about my personal experiences that will blow your freaking mind. I'm talking about a friend who, a real close friend of mine who ended up, uh, who was a judge, legit judge in a court of heaven. Like, I, long story short, judge. Like, he could pronounce judgment on people, on places, on things. And he ended up, once you get a position like that, Everything comes for you. So he ended up in a mental institution because he kept on hearing voices. He was born with the ability to hear spirits. Most people born with the ability to hear spirits, they go towards being, I'm a psychic, right? I can hear a spirit, I'm a psychic. They don't know that there's that gift came from God, so they go towards being a psychic. Well, he went the other way. Long story short, he ends up in a mental institution because not only is he hearing the spirit of God, he's hearing all the rest of these voices and legit hearing voices to the point where if you and him, me and you holding a conversation with him, and he's talking, he'll just stop talking and then zone out for a while. And you know he's listening to you, but he's not listening to you. And he'll zone back in and he'll just start talking about other stuff. Like, yeah, da da da, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. And it would be true. Well, anyway, he ends up in a mental institution. 
not only in the mental institution, and this is how you know it was the forces of darkness that did it to him. Not only was he in a mental institution, he was in, when he went in, they said he had COVID. So they put him in a COVID wing, but they didn't have a COVID wing in this mental institution. So what they did was they put him on an abandoned floor behind like one of those plastic curtains. So you know like those, those spooky plastic curtains that kind of hang down? So yeah. you're in an abandoned floor all by yourself in a room. Outside your room, up the hall is a plastic curtain. You in there by yourself, all alone. And uh, you get one phone call a day. And so he calls me one day and he says, man, I need you to pray for me, Jay. I was like, what's up? He's like, well, last night there were these hands touching me. Like I fell asleep and I woke up with these hands all over me, pulling me, like like touching on my, I was like, what you mean? He's like, no, like a horror movie, Negro, like touching my face, touching, like pulling on me. And I was like, man. I had part of me is like, nah, you done went bonkers, homie. Like, you tripped out. And I'm laying in bed at night, going to sleep. And I think I, I pass out for about 13, 14 seconds. You may know of it as going, I know it as going through the veil. It's like when you first fall asleep, your eyes are closed and there's this darkness. There's kind of this little bright light that's still there because there's light on the other side of your eyelids. And then you go into realm sleep where you're just out, right? And where you have your dreams. Well, that transition between awake into realm sleep is the veil. So I'm going through the veil and most people who experience sleep paralysis and all kinds of stuff, they experience it there. It's like when you work first go to sleep or when you're first waking up. So I'm going through that and I start to see him like clear as day. He's there and there's something standing in the corner of the room and it has, it's like his back is in the corner of the room, but it has all these hands like coming out of the wall, but it's looking at him. And he's sitting there um, reading the Bible, but it's waiting on him to finish. I'm like, oh, this is real. So I start praying. And I call other people and we start praying. And first we start praying for him to be protected. Then finally, I was like, man, he just need to get up out of there. So we start praying for him to get out of there, right? Two days later, um, they come in, tell him that the COVID test was wrong and that he didn't have COVID. So they move him to the regular place where everybody else. A day after that, they come in and tell him they're just releasing him. He's like, well, why y'all releasing me? It's like, no, you can go, you're fine. And so he gets released, just like that. Then he has another episode months later, and this time he gets an offer from a spirit that he accepted. Like, he accepted the offer because there's like, no, we're going to keep harassing you until you give up this judgeship. So he accepted the offer, bro, and I ain't talked to him since. But he accepted the offer, and it was, and I was like, bro, I can't be rocking with you if you're rocking with that. You know what I'm saying? At yeah. all. You hear all the time of, like, the the gift of the spirit to to see into the spiritual realm but to hear it i can't imagine what that would be like i mean seeing it would be bad enough but not having something to something there to see and you're just hearing it all the time i mean that's when you really need to be praying i mean even seeing stuff you just got to stay prayed up yeah absolutely bro you absolutely have to be stay prayed up and i don't want to hear rc i've had i've had times where I've heard and seen things and I'm not interested in it at all. Um, but now I know, here's the one thing I can tell you that I know for a fact. If you're a child of God and you're a praying child of God, you're hearing or seeing something, you're going to hear and see it for a reason, period. And you don't have to be subjected to it over a long period of time, but you're being shown something for a reason. And so it's all, either you need to fix something for yourself or you need to work on something for somebody else. But you'll see and hear things for a specific reason, and that's about it. Now, the people who run around hearing and seeing things all the time, 
There's two things going on with them. They crazy as a Betsy bug, or they went so far into the spirit realm in the wrong direction that they've opened themselves up to stuff that they can't, they open doors that they can't close. Some people do that. They they can't close those doors. But when I tell you, man, I got stories I can tell y'all. I, I have some stuff. People's dogs killing each other when they started praying. Like, I'm talking about crazy stuff, man. Like, you're praying with a person, the two, two dogs just start fighting, killing each other. Cra- I mean, like, insane stuff. Never, I've never experienced something like that before. I can't imagine how, how I'd even react to, to seeing something manifest like that. You learn. You learn over time. That's why, bro, I tell when people attack me, they're like, oh, you believe in Jesus? It just, man, bro, I don't, I'm not going to argue with you. Ain't nothing to argue about, homie. Like, I know what I'm talking about. You, you don't read, you read some books and you feel a certain way. I know. I ain't got to argue with you. I done had people try and put hexes on me. I done had a whole bunch of stuff. I done had people take coffin nails and graveyard dirt and went to another person's grave with my name and take dirt from that grave. I done had all that. You can't tell me Jesus ain't real. You can't tell me Jesus don't love me. And then one thing, you can't tell me that Jesus won't whoop somebody behind too, because he will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. the people just can't tell me none of that. He will kick your butt for messing around with his children. <laughs> DW, we'd love to get you on again and, and hear this stuff. I mean, we would love to just do an episode of you talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely, bro. Y'all know, anytime y'all hit me up, I'm always down, man. Oh, we would love that. We just, we, again, thank you so much for coming back on. I mean, we always just enjoy it. We're thrilled to be able to call you a friend. We've listened to you for so many years that it's pretty unreal that we can have these conversations with you. Nah, man, I appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll talk again soon, guys. You got it. And we'll be praying for you, DW. No, all prayers are welcome. Well, not all prayers. Your prayers are welcome. All prayers ain't welcome. Your prayers are welcome. <laughs> <laughs>